with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, Prince George. Welcome to our Friday, or not not Friday, we are Thursday After 9 show. Uh, your host, Trudy Clausen. I'm, I'm thinking it's Friday because uh, sitting across from the desk here in an opposite direction is Andreas Krebs. Andreas, welcome. Thank you. All right. And then I've got uh, Cameron Stoltz, brand new owner of the Prince George Citizen. And uh, so we're going to be, and, and also uh, joining us, but not necessarily on the air, is, is Teresa Stoltz. Uh, also, I, I'm assuming you're also part owner. Yes. Um, she is. Okay. So Andreas Krebs is, is <laughs> I was like, okay, he owns Resident Strategies. He, that's a communications firm. Here in town, and Cameron is not only the new owner of the Prince George Citizen, but also the owner of Great White, and I think you, there's a few other things that you're involved with in town. I am. You are. Okay. All right. So, where do you want to start, Cameron? I, I'll, you, you start. What, what, like, the, the question on the street is, what made you think that this would work? So... First and foremost, uh, it started last October when we saw three different newspapers shut down in the space of two weeks. Uh, we lost the newspapers in Fort St. John, Dawson Creek, and then Kamloops. Um, I, I firmly believe that we need local journalism. Local journalism is, is the heart of the community. It keeps people informed and connected, especially at a time where we see social media being um, such a hodgepodge of messaging that comes out. Uh, and, and the other problem with social media is you really not, never know what is actually true and accurate and what is just someone's opinion or someone's uh, assumption uh, of what is going on in the community. And, and we see these, communi- these, these mini communities being built inside of our community because there is no cohesive voice. And I think that's the role the newspaper really needs to play in our community is being that cohesive voice for the community. Hmm. How how is it different then? I mean, we've got CKPG News. That's TV. How's how's the newspaper different? So the newspaper is different from radio or TV in that the radio and TV are focused on very short clips, sound bites. Um, you know, the, the typical radio interview you've got about thirty seconds. Um, if it's a long interview, you've got maybe if they, if they bring in for something like CBC for the morning show, maybe you get six minutes to to tell a story. Um, for the TV, if you're looking at TV and the great work that they do over at Jim Pattison Media there at CKPG, um, they have great reporters. They do fantastic coverage of our community. But again, it's these little short snippets of what's going on, and there's no real delve into the issue. Um, th- they're targeting, again, that, that uh, minute, minute and a half uh, segment to be able to communicate some news. Um, and I think that's an important part of the community. It's very visual as well, which is important. Uh, but when I'm looking at communicating news and information throughout our community, it needs to have the ability to go into longer, bigger depth discussion or have bigger discussions about them, go more in depth. Um, by all means, there's room for a quick little uh, soundbite or a, a snippet of a uh, of a story that just says, hey, here's a placeholder that's a couple of paragraphs. But then if you look at the average story, they're probably ra- traveling between two and five minutes for each story. And we put out... Um, uh, dozens and dozens of stories every week through the newspaper. I got a follow-up question. All right. That's the potential, right, for the paper. The potential is thoughtful pieces, long form. I work in the media business. I work for communicate. I do communications for a lot of different clients. I hear an advertising plug here. Nope. Uh, I don't need more work. The, uh, the issue is, um, you know, we're, we consistently write our press releases now so that they read like an article. 
right? That's interesting. Because we know that newsrooms are so short-staffed, they will mostly mm. just print the press release. Maybe a couple of little changes. Um, so I got a question for you. The the citizen is losing money. It is. the You've said you're going to keep on the, uh, the journalists that are there. That's right? correct. Are they going to be able to actually do what you're talking about, which is bring more thoughtful um, reporting to the citizen uh, when you, as, as you've taken on ownership? Or will it continue on this kind of being harried, having to do sh- really tiny, really, like in the citizen now, you don't see long form. You see short form. You see really short articles, often one paragraph, just trying to, just trying to tell people what's happened. I love that you have this vision of uh, of what we can do here, but the question is, what kind of resources is that going to take, and are you going to be able to put those in? So let's talk about the process for the purchase of the, of the Citizen. I started talking to uh, Glacier Media, the parent company of the Prince George Citizen, in early November, right after those uh, newspapers closed down. And those discussions continued for November, December, and all of January, <clears throat> or almost all of January until about two days before we closed, actually, um, and announced it to the staff first and then to the community as a whole afterwards. And the citizen was losing money. Uh, they, lo- they lost last year $56,000. Uh, they were slated for this year to lose somewhere around a hundred. was their, their budget estimates of what they expected the newspaper to lose for this upcoming year. Um, and that's a, that's a hard thing to do when you're a publicly traded company and you're expected to return profits to a shareholder. So with my purchase of the citizen, I made that financial commitment. Uh, first off, to the employees, every single employee that's currently employed at the citizen, I am happy to keep. We are employing them. They've all been uh, offered continuing contracts with us, um, and that is going to be a key part going forward. As far as being able to do more stories, I think there's a need for uh, the social media style stories, as we see with um, whether it's uh, X or uh LinkedIn or Instagram, it's very short, or Twitter, or sorry, not Twitter, um, uh, TikTok, it's very short news cycles. People have short attention spans. They want to see something and get it in 150 characters or 300 characters. Um, you know, so that's where that one paragraph and two paragraph story comes in. But I think there's an opportunity for us to do that and get that initial piece out so people are at least have some information what's going on. And then at the deeper level, have those bigger discussions about the community. Uh, show both sides of the argument. And, and one of the key things I've stressed with, with um, my uh, senior team is that what's the solution? Be pro-solution. Don't just tell me the problems that are going on in our community. I want to hear what people think the solutions are. So if they're telling us they have a problem with something, then what's the solution that they think we should do? So how do you think um, just and – and this is maybe a little bit off of um, what, what Rez was saying is – is how do you hope that to happen? Like in this, I mean, I mean, I think I have to admit we have a bit of a dichotomy in our society yeah. right now. On the one hand, we have TikTok and Reels and Shorts and and all of those things exploding in usage, but at the same time, we do have long form pieces um, like on Substack. That is that is a growing thing. We also have long form podcasts. Uh, I mean, even this radio show here is sort of in a podcast form because CFIS uploads all the after nine and, and all of their special programming. They upload that. Those do get listened to afterwards. So um, what it like, so you just said that you're sort of thinking, okay, you're going to, you'll, you'll do some, like, are you thinking TikTok, like actual TikTok or um, like X pieces, or are you thinking just short pieces plus the long stuff? 
So <clears throat> let's talk about the news industry as a whole. We just heard again this morning that uh, Bell Canada has just announced that they are uh, shedding more jobs. They're shutting, uh, letting go more newsroom staff. Uh, they've sold a ton of radio stations across Canada, including almost all the ones in northern BC, to Vista Radio. Um, so hopefully that bodes well for them, that they can continue under uh, a more regional ownership as opposed to national ownership, concentrating on that uh, return for shareholders. Um, so I think the news industry as a whole is in a bit of a state of freefall, um, and that's hurting our communities as a whole. It, as much as you talk about... Um, TikToks and doing those, TikTok does not build your community. You could be watching TikToks from, um, <laughs> you know, Iceland or Australia or New Zealand. Yes. Uh, you might get the odd one from Prince George thrown in, but you don't, aren't really building community there. So when we see a giant military plane flying over our city. And Facebook explodes. And, and, and Facebook explodes because nobody knows what's going on and everybody's guessing on things. The news outlet, your news media should have an answer for that and should have that quick two paragraph hey we we see this this is what we 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 understand it is more information to follow that should be out almost instantly that's my my take on how responsive journalism should be um now you're right that's hard with our newsroom we have a much pared down newsroom that the the system has much pared down newsroom than it did uh, a decade ago just like we're seeing across across canada newsrooms are pared down to the point where um, the communication people who are smart prepare their releases so it is ready to go straight to print or, or straight to press um, because there's not enough people covering things. I think that's a big part of what's ca- what's causing the problem is that people don't see value in local journalism because their effort isn't being put there. So it becomes a, a chicken and egg thing. Uh, do you get the viewership and, and the ad revenue that goes with that uh, first? And then hire the news people? Or do you hire the news people first, provide the content that then drives the ad, ad reporting? All right. So where do you sit at this time? What What is your plan for, like, what's your, do you have a 30-day plan for the citizen? We have a 30-day <laughs> Give him <laughs> no. 100. Come on. Okay, 100. Let, first 100 days, what are you so, hoping? Uh, let's be clear. There is a, a 30-day plan. I said the first 30 days, you won't see any changes. Um, we're going to be, Teresa and I are both going to be going through learning more about the business, about the day-to-day stuff. Although we have a view from the outside, it's different being in the trenches yes. with, with your, your, your staff and p- being part of that team. So you have to get that, that grasp of what's going on. Uh, so that's the first 30 days. After 30 days or thereabouts, you will see a brand new relaunch of the Citizen. We're going to relaunch the website. We're going to be re- relaunching aspects of the paper. Um, there's a real input there on how we're going to be focusing on stuff. And it's going to be focused on our principles, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then from there, we have 60, 90, uh, six-month goals, one-year goals, three-year goals, and five-year goals. Um, it's a five-year plan, and although that didn't work for the Soviet Union back in the day, uh, <laughs> this five-year plan is based on reality and, and what I think are really achievable metrics. We're okay not comparing you to Stalin. Thank uh, you. On those, on those metrics, um, I guess I've been really interested in some of the nerdy things, right? For instance, I assume Glacier Media owns whatever is on the back end of, of the citizen, whatever kind of keeps it together. Um, are you have you licensed that from them? Have you bought that from them or is it a separate thing? Is that the like are, you're planning on a relaunch? Is that is that because the back end needs to be transferred over to something else? Okay, so you got two different questions there. I'll answer the first one first, and that is Glacier Media. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about Glacier Media. They've been exceptionally supportive at every step of the way through this. 
Um, they've been very accommodating. We have a transitional service agreement that provides services from Glacier Media for uh, the Prince George citizen over the next uh, period of time, depending on which aspect of we're talking about. That covers 30 days for some stuff, 90 days for other, a year for other items. Um, so there's a there's an ongoing partnership that includes uh, opportunities where we're partnering with them for national ad sales. So if someone's running a national campaign, they can sell that national campaign and include us as part of their package. So I'm very happy with how things are going with Glacier. They're, they've been fa- fa- fantastic to work with um, as far as they really believe in the Prince George paper. They want to see it continue. They want to see it be successful. Um, they're passionate about the, the newspaper industry. Um, the second thing, when we're talking about the platform itself... Um, and then you platform, you're talking the online platform, The right? online platform, but also how the newspaper is actually assembled. So the like technical the aspects. One. How the paper is assembled and put together, how the online uh, newsprint or website is presented. All of that is licensed through different software agreements. Some of those software agreements are continued through Glacier. Uh, some of them will be new ones we're, we're entering into because they're just more cost-effective from a business perspective, but provide very similar... Um, uh, similar features and o- options. Uh, I think it's important that we look at where our costs are first and see what we can do to reduce costs, not being part of a, a big chain where there may be including a lot of things that just aren't needed at the local level. I think there's an opportunity there for us to save some significant money um, and at least chip away at that that l- operating loss they were they were projecting. Can I ask a follow yeah. up on yeah. that on the on the paper side? Um, I understand that you know advertising and print gets you a lot more bang for your buck, but there's also the cost of actually printing the thing. Have you looked at that? Like, are we going to continue to have for the foreseeable future a print copy of the Citizen available weekly? One hundred percent, we are keeping a print copy of the Citizen that'll be running every week. There is no way I'm dropping that. It is a opportunity for us to have additional revenue stream for the paper that is unique to the Prince George Citizen. Nobody else is printing a newspaper or community, nobody else is putting that out. What about content in that newspaper? Um, that has been sort of a, it's been, the the print copy has been a bit of the highlights and of course the advertisements, but are what are you planning a change there? Like what what is, I know that you're within your 30 days still, but what are you thinking or envisioning that could be? So when I bought the paper at the news, news conference, when I announced that, um, I focused on four things. Um, it's the same four things I've stressed with the, the management of the paper, um, who are both management staff are, are remaining there. Um, and I've stressed that with them, and they are on board with it. Uh, the first thing we're going to be shifting to from an editorial standpoint is, and I would like to see some discussion about what that looks like from a story standpoint, but again, respecting the fact that our reporters are um, meant to be independent journalists that are reporting what's going on in the community. But from my perspective, I want to be pro-Prince George. Let's celebrate the great things that Prince George does and that we have here. Let's make sure we're, we're talking about the good that's going on in our community as opposed to shooting ourselves in the foot all the time. Now, that leads to number two. If there is a problem in the, in the community, let's be pro-solution. Let's not just cover and whine about a problem. Let's have the people we're talking to provide us with what they think a solution would be to that problem. It may not be the right solution. It may not be the only solution. But when we're covering a story and there's a problem, I want to hear what the solution is. How do we, how do we have that discussion about how we fix that? Hmm. The third aspect that I've, I've challenged him with is I want to be pro-community. Let's talk about how we build our community, engage our community. How do we, how do we have that, 
connectivity connectivity oh wow that's said that all wrong um but how do we have that have that connectivity with our neighbors with with the people we work with and with the people whose businesses we go into every day and spend our money with how do we have that connection to community um we need to get beyond the isolated silos of facebook and have something that gathers us together and then the last one and the most important one for me but also the last one we will check last box to check is are we being pro-business? Um, it's the local businesses that employ people here. Are we celebrating what our local businesses are doing? Are we engaging with them? We talk about shop local. Well, we should be promoting local and advertising local. All right. Okay. Well, you know what? It is time for a break, so we'll be back. We're talking with Cameron Stoltz, the brand new owner of, of the Prince George Citizen, and Andreas Krebs. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is The Wolfman. Few entertainment genres have captured our imagination and been as successful as the good old-fashioned musical. From their vaudevillian roots to today's mega-productions, musicals have provided generations with a stream of memorable productions, show-stopping performances, and larger-than-life personalities. Join me for a unique adventure as we trip the light fantastic across more than a century of musical theatre, from Broadway to the West End and all points in between. On with the show, Sundays at 6 p.m., only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Canadian Arts and Culture Organizations. Student Work Placement Program at the Cultural Human Resources Council is able to provide wage subsidies for post-secondary level students to work for you. A two-minute phone call to confirm your eligibility, 20 minutes to complete the online application, and you'll secure thousands of dollars in less than two weeks. If you hired, currently employ, or would like to hire students, we want to hear from you. Find our contact info at culturalhrc.ca. Indoor public skating season is on through March at Copar Memorial Arena and the Elk Centre. Sessions are available Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Private rental times are also available for birthday parties and special events. Full details and more information can be found under the programs menu at thenorthedge.co. Whether you're an expert skater or a beginner, indoor public skating is open for you Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at Copar Memorial Arena or the Elk Centre. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 30% chance of flurries this morning. A mix of sun and cloud this afternoon. Wind up to 15K, a high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind to the minus 11. Partly cloudy tonight, becoming clear late this evening, a low of minus 13. For Friday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon. Wind up to 15K, a high of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 11. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we're back with Cameron Stoltz, new owner of the, <clears throat> of the Prince George Citizen, and Andreas Krebs of Resident Strategies. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Res, why don't you just take Oh, yeah, I've got a question about, um, it's interesting to hear about the pro-Prince George uh, point about the, you know, the editorial direction of the paper. Um, my understanding, you know, the the... The journalist class is here to keep hold power to account, right? Um, I don't know if it's their job to provide solutions or or boost local business or do those kinds of roles that you've been describing. That sounds um, like something for the communications department <laughs> of City Hall, maybe. Um, so, you know, how does this jive? Like, how do we make sure that our journalists are free to point out where people in power have gone wrong uh, without having to also be experts in what that solution is? So I think, uh, first off, let's really clarify what a newspaper does. 
Um, if you go back to the early or late 1800s, early 1900s, there were whole sections like pages of the papers that were dedicated to the social goings on of the community. Who was getting engaged to who? Who was marrying who? Uh, who was wearing what on a given day? Yes. Um, there was a whole <laughs> bunch of that type of communication out there. And it was all Mark Zuckerberg community. Now, right? Um, that's all Facebook now. Yeah. But when you're looking at the today's present media, I think that holding people to account is one part of what needs to be done. But I also think that when they're covering a story, we always talk about, you know, we should show or should talk about both sides of the story, we should inform, uh, have an informed discussion about that. If someone's talking about a problem that's going on in the community, let's say, um, uh, let's give an example. You brought up during the break here about mocks and flats with the investigative reporting that was done there. Um, covering mocks and flats is not just talking about the problems that are going on there, but then what do the people you're talking to and interviewing see as a solution for that? Uh, I think that's an important part that needs to be an important part of the story because we could talk about bad things that are happening until we're, we're blue in the face. But and I think we need to, again, holding people to account. If you're complaining about a problem, then I want to hear what your solution is. So, Rez, does that work? Does that work? I would love to hear solutions, but I think often what we're looking at in Prince George, the solutions are actually kind of cultural at City Hall. Uh, Like, we talk about this on the Friday show all the time. We have people who have worked in City Hall that have have come out with horror stories of, you know, an abusive culture um, inside the administration. Um, And as we saw from the Freedom of Information requests that came out um, in that reporting that we're talking about around Marcus and Flats, you have people fighting about what the actual approach is. And so the solution is, is extremely complex, right? Who is it that is supposed to be able to re- present those solutions? Is it the people at City Hall? Is it another person in Prince George? Like, this is the question, of, again, back to, it's back to journalistic resources. Like, they're able to dig all this stuff up and show it to the citizenry so that the citizenry makes decisions, right? That's, you know, the role of journalism in a democracy, is their role also to say, oh, and now it's time to elect someone else. Now it's time to change who's in, who's in the job at City Hall. Is that their job? So, Rez, you're presenting multiple things and crossing them over. So I think from an editorial perspective, I believe that there is a role for the editorial per, uh, board of the citizen to actually say, yes, there's a problem here with our elected f- officials not showing their proper leadership in this. Um, it would be the same thing when we saw the cost overruns in the uh, construction of the parkade and the uh, associated uh, disaster with that. Um, that should have been strong editorials that went ad nauseum, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the lack of leadership around the chair of finance, finance and audit, not actually paying attention to what was going on with finance and audit, that it should have been clearly holding the mayor to account as the person who's the um, president and CEO of this organization not being up to speed on what's going on despite weekly meetings that he has with all of his directors and senior staff. So that's the editorial side of it. From a reporting side, it, you know, we can still do that investigative piece, find out what those cost overruns are, and the solutions could have been asked by staff or by the construction industry and going out and doing interviews with them and saying, hey, there's this massive cost overrun. What would you have done to solve that? It's not the job of the reporter to solve the problem. No. It's the job of the reporter to present both sides of the, uh, of the argument. And for me, both sides of the argument includes providing a solution. Or finding who has the solutions. We're, we're, which is where I'm going back to. They're going to provide a solution, not from themselves, but from the voice of the community who has experience in this area and knows what we should be doing, or at least has an idea of what we should be doing to solve the problem. So that brings 
this discuss this talking about the the editorial board and and the role but so how does the owner and the and the editor i'm assuming um like because you are you're the publisher no I'm not the publisher. You're the owner. Curtis Armstrong is still the publisher. Okay, you are the, okay. So you are the owner. Curtis Armstrong is the publisher. Neil Godbu is the editor. What is That's the relationship correct. there? For just, I mean, maybe if can you explain it in layman's terms? So it's a senior management team. The three of us are the ones responsible for getting the paper out on a regular basis. Um, they each have a role that they play there. Neil is as the uh, editor of the paper, make sure that the articles going out from his reporters are accurate, informative. Uh, that we don't cross the line, that the information that's being provided in the articles is relevant to the story itself, um, and to make sure that we're communicating in an effective manner. Okay. That's the editor. On top of that, he's also responsible for being part of the editorial board and the editorial direction of The Citizen, um, where he writes editorials and decides which letters to the editor get published and which editorials or columns that are written are published as well. Um, That's his role. Curse's job is to handle the overall publishing of the paper and the online uh, uh, version of that. Uh, his job is to manage all of the staff and make sure that the organization as a whole is firing together as a team. Um, my job is to work with both of them and through them to the rest of our staff to make sure that the citizen heads in a direction that I believe can make it uh, impactful in the community and at some point here in the very short future at least get the point of breaking even. I got a follow-up question on that. You mentioned editorial board. Is that just the management team? You have other people who are who are going to be brought in, and how? And for instance, what's the? How do they get chosen to be part of that board? So, my comment is, I'm the one taking. Uh, well, for last year, it would have been fifty-six thousand dollars out of my pocket to make this operation go. For this next year, it could be as much as a hundred thousand dollars out of my pocket to make this operation go. I get to decide who sits on those things, and I will pick them. <laughs> Very good. So thank you for asking for that. Um, right now, the editorial board consists of uh, Neil and myself. I will be bringing in some other people to be part of that to give us a, a more concise uh, view. Um, I think you will see, a, after 30 days, I think you'll see a much more consistent message coming out from, uh, from the editorial side of things. All right. Okay. Well, it is time for a break, so we'll be we'll come back and uh, we'll be talking with uh, Andreas Krebs and Cameron Stoltz after these messages. Advocate Life and Education Services is seeking a director of pregnancy care services to start in April. This full time position is responsible for providing overall leadership to Advocate's Hope for Women program, currently operating in three cities across BC. This includes providing supervision and support to site managers, relational management, and quality control of overall client care. Full details on the Director of Pregnancy Care Services position are available through the Employment Opportunities section on the Get Involved page at advocate.ca. Ron's Hole in the Wall is now open six days a week in the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Stop by and check out his great assortment of books, magazines, DVDs, and collectibles. Tuesday through Friday between 10 and 2. Ron's Hole in the Wall is also open during the Q3 Community Market, Saturday from 8.30 to 2. Drop in regularly as always something different in store. Ron's Hole in the Wall, now open Tuesday through Saturday in the Q3 Creative Business Hub, downtown at the corner of Quebec and 3rd. 
Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help you grow, train, and sell your business. At Deb's Cafe, we have a dream to put a smile on faces all over Prince George, one face at a time. There are many ways that can happen, but ours involves great coffee, fresh hearty lunches, and tasty baked treats served with great care. Whether you don't have a smile today or you would like a new one, check us out. If you're ready for a treat or if you have dietary restrictions, let us put a smile on your face at Deb's Cafe and Specialty Bakery next to Pharmasave at 7th and Quebec. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, we're back. We're talking with Andreas Krebs and Cameron Stoltz. Uh, Andreas, you had a question about the role of the publisher, and as, as, uh, particularly, I mean, the thing I think that so many people are asking, like, because the citizen has been losing money, we're thinking advertising. So, Andreas, asked your... Oh, i just love to know because, you know, my understanding of current, uh, especially online advertising, you... you the role of these large ad distribution networks is super high. Google's got 50% of the ad online ads locked up. Facebook's got like 33%. Um, folks that I know who are in the advertising industry are basically reselling space uh, on Google, right? Um, and so I wonder, like, how does that work for your uh, your publisher? Like, is he functionally on his online side? Are they functionally just kind of reselling Google ads or or are you going out and actually looking for uh, local ads to include online and then same in the paper side like is is he pounding the pavement out there is that his kind of is that part of his job no his job is not to pound the paper or pound pound the pavement selling the paper <clears throat> sorry we'll try that again without a frog in my throat uh, so when we're looking at the role of the publisher he's also responsible for the advertising team and the publishing of the actual paper versus uh, both uh, the online and the uh, print print edition I think the Prince George Citizen is uniquely positioned in the Prince George market because we have multiple streams of revenue that we can we can tap into. The first off is the actual print of the paper. Nobody else is printing a paper in Prince George. So we've got a product that goes out to 20,000 people on a pull system basis every week. And that's an important classification. People are not getting this handed to them as spam in their inbox or, or uh, as a backdrop to some ad to, through some TikTok or Instagram feed they're getting. They're getting something that they're actually voluntarily picking up out of a pull box to then take home and read through. So those people who are advertising in the print media are getting something that's very tangible um, and it's very connected. And I'll be really blunt. The people pulling the pull box are not 18 and 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. It's people that are older. They're 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 in the thirty-five to sixty-five category. And lo and behold, do you want to know what demographic spends the most amount of money and has the most disposable income? Oh wait, it's the thirty-five to sixty-five year olds. So that's a way to really get that market for our advertisers that that allows them to to hit something that nobody else can can tap into. The second piece is the online end. So that's our own website where people can visit and go to, and we sell ads on our website. 
Um, we had in the last month, I think somewhere around one and a half million view, page views. That's a pretty significant amount of traffic coming to our website to see our stories and see our advertisers. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity there for us. I think there's additional revenue streams that I'll be bringing into play and bringing online here in the months ahead. And we'll be excited to talk about that when we get to that stage. That uh, reminds me about a question that I that someone, you know, we were talking about. And I said, well, I mean, you do have a background in retail. And maybe this is where, you know, you're expecting some of your past uh, experience in the retail industry will help with broadening that maybe. Is that sort of what you're going to be drawing on? So my experience is I've had uh, Great White Toys, Comics, and Games. There's my advertising plug. Thank you, Trudy. Uh, for <laughs> 34 years now, um, we've grown to be the largest uh, retailer of toys and games in uh, northern BC, north of Hope. Um, and we've done that, or I've been successful in doing that, by being very focused in what we're doing. I think there's significant lessons I've learned over those 34 years that I can apply to the citizen that will help us really focus on what we need to be doing. Uh, the secret to my success at Great White has been very much focused on local, um, building local community, um, that sort of uh, presence in the community. We have a 3,000-square-foot activity area in the store that is for people to drop in free of charge and use our space to engage with, engage with the, the local community, and that's been exceptionally successful. I think there's things I've learned from and as a business advertising in our market I think there's things I've learned over the years that I can apply to the citizen um, that will have direct benefit from it. Um, let's also not forget that, you know, as an elected official for a couple of terms there, I made strong connections inside of the community um, and with businesses as well. I think there's an opportunity for me to tap into the network of people I know and, and am familiar with and just have that discussion about um, what I can do to help their business by promoting local. Hmm. Do you think, go ahead. Oh, is this more on the business side of things? Like, Recently, the Vancouver Sun finally folded and said, you get three articles a month or something, right? And after that, you got to pay. And I noticed the Citizen has, has continued to be free for users. Um, and, you know, just as an observer, it seems like that probably needs to change. If you order, if you get the Citizen delivered to your door, you certainly have to pay for it, right? Um, are there plans to set up a paywall so that, you get some extra revenue from people who actually want to look at the news in, in Prince George? So I think there's lots of different models out there. I think the news industry as a whole is struggling to try to find its way through that um, that path to profitability again. Uh, newspapers used to be exceptionally profitable, and as such, they were bought up by larger and larger corporations. And as each corporation bought the new local newspapers, they found that, hey, we can save a lot of money by getting rid of a lot of staff, by letting go all the local reporters, and then taking a, a basically having one hub of reporters generate stories and then farm them out to all the rest of the communities. So that's what we're seeing right now. If you look at a traditional newspaper, um, I would say probably three-quarters of the content or four-fifths of the content is stuff that's being generated that's not local. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's important. We need, do need national coverage. We do need to know what's going on in Ottawa and, and what's going around uh, on around the world. But from my perspective, the Prince George Citizen should be a local paper focused on the local community um, and what our local trade market is. So who comes to Prince George and shops here? 
the last people in McKenzie, Quinnell, Vanderhoof, Fraser Lake, Fort St. James. Those are the areas we should be focused on covering our stories and showing that interest to then have that connection to them. So when we, we've got that connection with those people, so we can go to our advertisers and say, hey, if you want to reach the people who are actually shopping with you, you can do it through us because we have that strong connection with them. Hmm. So I'm hearing you're going to focus on advertising, not a paywall. So again, there's op- opportunities there. The, I would say the whole news industry is very fluid right now as to how revenue is generated. I think there's other additional opportunities we can tap into, and I've got a plan, like I say, that falls in that um, six-month, one-year category, and then again up to three and five years that we'll see us get to that point where we're profitable. I, I will say as a person who pays the charity thing that this is yes. set up a couple of months ago, or years ago maybe, like I'm very happy to pay for the news that's produced by the citizen. But it seems strange that it's kind of this charitable donation. It's, you know, <laughs> 18 bucks a month or something. You know, please help us, right? $8 a month. Eight, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a nominal fee. It is. Um, and, and that brings up a good thing. So getting to profitability isn't just the, the only goal here. For me, it's about having investigative journalism. And please understand that investigative journalism is different from reporting. Okay. A reporter reports on what's happened or is happening in the community. An investigative journalist is someone who has spent the time to dig into the background on something or to really understand or, or <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to really understand an issue, to find out what's going on behind the scenes and then bring that to the public's attention. And that takes a lot of work, a lot of time. And the problem with that is you put a significant amount of effort into it and hours into it. Before. And then you only get one or two or maybe three stories out of it. So the payoff and this is why you've seen journalism drop across the ah. country and across North America is because journalism costs money. It's not a revenue generator. That but it's important for going back to what you talked about originally, Andrea, is about holding people to account. Um, we need to hold our elected officials to account, and we need to do a much better job than we have been. We should have seen, uh, you know, I'm going to be political for a minute, but we should have seen wholesale change at city council in this last election because of the massive budget overruns on every single major capital project they were doing. We're talking $58 million worth of money was thrown away with no return to taxpayers. And, and they should have been held to account for that. And from my perspective, the, the journalistic community and the, more importantly, the editorial community failed to do that in this last election. All right. Well, that brings us to a break. We'll be back after these messages. The Alzheimer's Society of Canada has released the landmark study, Report 2, The Many Faces of Dementia in Canada. The study was done to better understand dementia in the Canadian population over the next 30 years with a focus on ethnic origins as well as sex and age. It's one of the first studies of its kind and underscores the need for more research into these factors. Access the landmark study, Report 2, The Many Faces of Dementia in Canada at alzheimer.ca slash manyfaces. Whether your chess game is still confined to pawn to king four or you're a future grandmaster, the Prince George Library Chess Club has the place for you. Every second Wednesday, the downtown branch hosts the chess club with a chance to learn for beginners from 4.30 to 5.30, followed by two hours of tournament play for intermediate players. Chess Club is a free drop-in event with the next Chess Club Wednesday, February 21st from 4.30 to 7.30 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. 
Golden Age Socials are back for another season. Once a month through March, the City of Prince George and your Council of Seniors and a host organization provide tea, coffee, snacks, table prizes, and decorations at the Civic Center for those 50 and older to enjoy an afternoon out of social interaction with other seniors. It's a great break for your well-being and mental health. The next Golden Age Social from your Prince George Council of Seniors and the City of Prince George is 2 o'clock Monday, February 12th at the Civic Center. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, a 30% chance of flurries this morning. A mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 3 with an afternoon wind to minus 11. Partly cloudy tonight, becoming clearer late this evening, a low of minus 13. For Friday, sunny, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 4 with a wind chill to minus 11. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right. Okay, we are back on the air. Uh, and as always, the uh, in-between ad, um, the break conversations are always very interesting. Let's just pick up pick up on the on the website itself. You've got 1.5 million page views. That's pretty impressive um, for a city of our size. Uh, are you hoping to grow that or are you wanting to make it more... Like, what are your plans with that? Like, what are you sort of thinking at this point? Well, of course I want to grow it. Yes. Who doesn't want to grow their okay. business? All right. But, okay, so then there's the other question. Uh, there's a lot of pop-up ads there. Are you are you anticipating that it might look differently? So that's part of my no changes for 30 days. Right. At the end of 30 days, we will, plus or minus a few days, you will see a very different look to the Print Short Citizen online. Uh, there will be some changes to the print edition. Um I think the citizen needs to be much more local based, local, fo- local focused. It's locally owned now. I want to see it um, really focused on local issues and local advertisers. Are you seeing anyone else do this anywhere else in Canada? I mean, because like, have you got anybody's footsteps to sort of look at or to sort of go, mm, what are they doing? Okay, I'll try that. So I'll be the first to say that nothing I'm coming up with is original. Um, there is so much going on in the newspaper industry trying to survive where every every possible conceivable model is being tried across North America to try to deal with this shift. And, and let's be really clear about why this is happening. It's not that people are not interested in, in newspapers anymore or what they have to say. The problem is coming in that it costs money to create that content. And right now, all the advertising money that that's used to go to newspapers and to local radio stations um, and to TV stations is now being sucked up by Google and Meta for Facebook and Instagram ads. And all that money is now leaving not just our community, but our country. And there is no none of that revenue is coming back in. And this is where the challenge comes. So all that money, and I understand why businesses do it. If I can advertise with Google and Facebook and get fantastic returns and good market penetration and, and views, then of course For I should cheap. be doing that. For cheap. cheap. Then of course I should be doing that. But that means that every single dollar that's being spent that way and is leaving our community means we lose the local journalism piece. Okay, but there has to be a pitch. There has to be a reason for the business owner to want to spend like, how do you make that? How do you make that change? Because, I mean... Which is every- what we're going to be doing with the Pretty Sure Citizen over the next 30 days. You're going to see a dramatic shift in that. That's why we're shifting our editorial stance. And that's also why it's one of my four pillars for our, our paper, is we need to be pro-business. Let's celebrate the great things that our Prince George businesses are doing. Do you know we have a company here in town that builds bridges that get shipped across North America? That would be Ruskin, right? Correct. 
Like yeah. they do phenomenal work there. We have other industries that are producing stuff that used to be for forestry. They're now producing it for um, uh, for mining and oil and gas. It's getting shipped all over northern BC, Alberta. Um, whether that's Dell Tech or Wolf Tech, that they're they're big companies there that are shipping stuff out of our community. Uh, I think there's phenomenal things we do here. We have a great university that that we should be celebrating, um, and, and we have opportunities here that are not elsewhere. You can still afford to buy a house here. You can afford to live here and have it, despite the cost of living being ridiculous in the rest of the country. In Prince George, you can get all those big city things with the cost of still being able to afford it, or the cost that you can still afford, and you can still have toys. You can still have that boat to go fishing with, or maybe it's a quad, or maybe you like to go hiking and you want to be able to go out there. You can do all those things from Prince George. I thought maybe that was going to be another pitch for a great white with the toys. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm talking like, like no, I know, expensive I know toys, like you know, quads uh, and sleds and those type of fun things we like to play with. Yeah, the I'm trying to kind of parse what you're saying about the pro-business um, line here. And the word that comes to mind is advertorial. Is that the direction that you're thinking about going? Sorry, what do you mean? Advertorial is when you sell something like a puff piece, right, to a local business to show, yeah. to demonstrate that they're, you know, here's the great work that they're doing in exchange for, you know, it's, 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 it's long-form advertising. So this the citizens been doing that for for years. Everyone, for, is. For, for, yeah. you know, that's that's a common piece there. But no, when I'm talking pro business, I'm saying like, um, if we're covering a story, um, the example I'll give is if a particular brand of a vehicle was in a car, a single vehicle car accident where nobody else was injured, and we cover the story. If the accident happened because of the vehicle failed somewhere then we should be talking about the brand of the vehicle. So if a, um, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a, a, a Neil vehicle, if a Neil vehicle has an accident, <laughs> if the Neil vehicle failed because of mechanical failure, then we should be talking about the fact that it was a Neil vehicle. If it happened because of bad driving or because of road conditions or something else, or it had hit an animal, then we shouldn't be mentioning the brand of the vehicle. Okay. Does that make sense? So th- that's what I'm talking about, pro-business. Don't slag a business if it's not part, part of the story, if it's not material to the story. Does it matter where someone works when you're talking about the story? Mm. Is their employer relevant to the story? If it is, then let's report on that. Mm. Um, if we're writing editorials about something that we're not happy about. So let's talk about, um, uh, let's make it about the issue, not personalize it, unless that person is relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I just wonder. It's not something that I've really twigged to when I read The Citizen. I, you must have some examples that you're thinking of. But again, pro-business is also talking about, um, for me, let's celebrate and talk about the things that are going on in our community. Do people realize that we have a business like Ruskin that's doing a, a building these bridges? Now, does that have to be an advertorial, as you said? No. It could just be a good news story about, hey, here's something going on. You hear about all the businesses closing down, and they seem to be really quick to write about the hardships that, mm. that different parts of the community are going through. And for sure, there are hardships out there. If you're a business in the downtown core, you're having some real hardships. If you're a restaurant in this environment right now, you're having some hardships. And we should cover those for sure. But we should also be celebrating the successful Prince George businesses that are doing well and talk about that because it's not doom and gloom in our community. We are doing so well and are doing it. We have such a huge, bright future ahead of us with what's going on. The Natural Resource Forum showcases that 100%. Okay, well, it is time for a break, so we'll be back.
Drop in Friday, February 16th from 9 to noon for learning about Louie at the Métis Family Service Society. There will be coffee, tea, and a light snack provided. During this open house, you'll be able to chat with society members to learn more about Louis Rial and the Métis people. The Métis Family Service Society is located at 1596 Third Avenue. Learning about Louis, Friday, February 16th from 9 to noon at the Métis Family Service Society, the corner of 3rd and Vancouver. Love Bingo? CFIS 93.1 has Tuesday evening TV bingo ready for your enjoyment. Get together with friends and play for a chance at great cash prizes. Bingos are broadcast live via YouTube from Chet TV in Chetwind. Card tickets are $5 each, available at CFIS FM Studios, 1299 3rd Avenue, Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 5 and 8.30 to 2 Saturday. In support of CFIS 93.1, Tuesday evening Chet TV Bingo, BC Gaming License number 146929, Know Your Limit, Play Within It. Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to Patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. Are you a leader who wants to take their leadership to the next level? Do you have an emerging leader on your team who needs support? At Pivot Leader, our Leaders in Business program combines leadership training with one-on-one coaching to help leaders just like you. You'll learn how to deal with people better, handle conflict, hire and keep staff, delegate more effectively, read financial statements, and learn coaching skills to move your team along. There's a less stressful way to improve your outcomes. We can show you how. If you'd like to be a better leader, reach out to us today at pivotleader.com. Pivot Leader will help you grow, train, and sell your business. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay. All right. We're back uh, talking with Cameron Stoltz, the brand new owner of the Prince George Citizen. Uh, so, uh, Andreas, you had a question? Let's oh, no, go for I was, it. You know, I was interested in back to this kind of um, community uh, boosterism. We were talking about if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, it sounds like if you want more eyeballs, you got to keep you got to keep make sure you keep covering those bleeding uh, stories. If you're going to add these positive stories about Ruskin or Wolf Tech or whoever else, you're going to need more resources. Um, and if it's a money loser, you're still going to do it. So my commitment is is that my goal first off is to get us to break even. Um, once we get to that point, my goal after that is to hire more reporters. I want to be able to do investigative journalism. I want to be able to get our reporters into the heart of the issues in our community and be able to talk about them at length and with I- informed uh, opinion or informed opinion being provided to us. My goal is, again, the reporters to actually be reporting on what's going on and then the journalists to be able to investigate and explain things to the community of what's actually happening in the community. I got, you know, the last question, I think we're pretty close to the last question near the top of the hour. Um, If the whole industry is dying, what makes you think that you've got the secret sauce to somehow break even with the Prince George citizen? Well, because I think I'm that good at this. Come on. (laughs) All right. You're just crazy audacious. Uh, So the the big thing here for me is is I, I have a passionate belief in our community. I think our community needs to be served better by every level of the community. Uh, I think our 
our businesses need to do a better job of selling the fact that they're doing good at what they're doing and that they're successful at what they're doing. I think we need to have politicians that not only care about our community, but are actually doing their job and doing it well. And when they make poor decisions, we need to be educating the public that that was a poor decision. And here's an example of that. Um, I'll give you an excellent one. It might be a tip off of an editorial that's coming out shortly. But, you know, we saw during budget this gnashing of teeth over small incremental grants or uh, funding for capital projects that were, you know, if we want to do a trail improvement, oh, my God, there's no money for that. We can't add that budget enhancement. And people wanted to cut other budget enhancements for uh, capital projects for our community that would have improved our community. And they're gnashing their teeth over this. But they had absolutely zero issue in spending almost half a million dollars to pro- provide a piece of property to BC Housing for additional housing for the, for, for the people who need to get off the streets. And my comment is, why the hell are we spending half a million dollars on a pe- to make a piece of property we own ready and suitable in a floodplain to house more people when there's land the city owns all the way along Winnipeg right across from the Aboriginal Housing Project, so that's between uh, 15th and 20th, the city owns that entire strip there, that would have been absolutely ideal for this type of project and would have been housing them without that half-million-dollar investment from the city of Prince George. I think because uh, none of those councillors would have been able to get re-elected if they had put basically a homeless encampment in that neighborhood. But that's not a homeless encampment. Let's be really clear about that. Uh, It's a man camp full of people who are really like marginalized, right? And they they need wraparound services and many of them are going to be... So they built... built, uh, BC Housing in the past has built a very successful project for this... or or, Project's not the right word. It's uh, had a successful project that was providing housing. And that was on, I believe, it's 17th Avenue across, 17th and Queensway, right across from the what used to be the 7-Eleven there. They put that there into the Miller edition, and they were absolutely outraged at the time that it was put in. Yeah, and, and here we are, decades later, and there are zero complaints from the neighborhood on that pro, uh, on that housing project. Yeah. It has been exceptionally successful. So you think it's apples and oranges, but we should but, move but, but on. The, yeah. There's opportunities, yeah, I think, think like where we minutes. can hold people to account and say, hey, what are you doing and why? And the public needs to be informed on that. Well, absolutely, and I agree. And and, and so you were talking just maybe for our last little piece, investigative journalism. Um, how would, like, it only has a, you said, sort of a two or three edition news cycle. How, if you're wanting to get that to actually become more of the norm, how are you going to pay for it? That's money out of my pocket. Okay. Long and the short of it. Um, if we're going to have good investigative journalism here, that requires um, money to be invested in that. Okay, one more question. And I guess the, then the question that on I think a lot of people's minds is, Cameron Stoltz, is he going to be deciding exactly who's going to get the hit job and uh, going forward <laughs> in, the, in the Prince George Citizen if, it's, if the investigative journalism is coming out of your own pocket? Well, again, I go back to we have reporters that have been hired to do a job. I expect them to do the job. Um, their job right now is reporting on what's going on in the community. That's continuing. That's not changing. Um, in, if, if, we're, if we're providing investigative journalists, then I'm expecting them to find out what the stories are that need to be investigated further. It's going to be their contacts in our community that decides that. Well, okay. Um, we've got about a minute left, a minute and a half. Um, and I just got to say, I'm, I'm really encouraged by you know your ideas around pro PG, pro community, pro building that, and and you know sort of changing a little bit of the um, the feeling and the passion, the connectedness in our community. Um, I was just reading this morning one thing that Prince George, like Prince George, has so much opportunity. 
and how can we change? I mean, this is part of why I ran for politics, right, is is because we have so much pr- opportunity. We've been waiting for Prince George to grow. We've been watching other cities grow. Okay, so how is Prince George going to get to that? And I, you know, and I, I'm hoping that you can certainly, that your ownership of the citizen can certainly play a part of that. Have you got any thoughts around that, about growing Prince George in terms of um, population, business, uh, economy, all of that? Prince George is already growing. We, we've seen that. I mean, if you look at our population now, where we're at versus where we were, we've grown. Uh, where do we have to end up? Uh, does that matter at this present time? Our goal should not be a population number. Our goal should be a success of our community. That's where we should, we should be focused. We shouldn't be focused on, well, we have to get to uh, 85,000 people or 90 or 100 or, or a quarter million. That, that does not lead to success in a community. It's not about growing the population. It's about having a successful community and a community that's connected and engaged. All right. Well, that's well said. Uh, any last word, Reg? Or Rez, sorry. <laughs> Rez, just sitting over there. Um, okay, I, well. I, my last word. Okay. I'm so thankful that you have stepped in to keep this thing alive. Yes. Thank and you. I think we can both say we wish you absolutely every success. We hope that this endeavor succeeds beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Well, we can come back in 30 days and talk about the changes that are coming in. Very good. We will certainly do that. Thank you very much for joining us. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Friday political panel. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Darren Guess, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith.